You are listening to the Conquering Everest podcast. This is episode 25. Welcome to the Concrete Nevers Podcast. My name is Brian Talor, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for choosing to spend a bit of your day here with me. Now, on today's episode, I have a conversation with Sarah Weiss. Sarah is a 33-year-old international speaker, two-time number one best-selling author. She is a wealth coach, an agent of change, and a mother of two. But it wasn't too very long ago that Sarah's life looked nothing as it does today. She was a single mother struggling on welfare, and because of who she wanted to become, she lost some friends and family along the way. But she didn't give hope. She kept pushing forward. And well, today you're going to hear Sarah's story. Sarah Weiss, welcome to the Conquering Nervous Podcast. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you so much, Brian. It's uh, such a pleasure to be here. Good. I set that timer, that one minute uh, timer for us to just give me a chance to make sure everything's streaming and uh, that's barely enough time. I was cl- madman mad clicking here, Let's trying to make sure. <laughs> yeah, but we we are live. We are live. Uh, we're live on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch TV. So hopefully, we'll get some uh, get some folks joining us here soon. But in the meantime, uh, we will have some listeners as this thing goes into uh, podcast mode in, in the next few days. If you'd like, why don't, why don't we start? by just giving the audience a little bit of history, a little bit of, drop a little knowledge about who Sarah Weiss is. Awesome. Well, you know, while that countdown went on, I was thinking like, do I mess up my hair? Do I come back? (laughs) (laughs) For those who don't know, the way we met was actually in a Facebook group where I go live every day and I start every live with my hair all messed up. And I say, this is your daily reminder to just show up. Don't worry about being perfect and don't worry about everyone who's going to judge you. They're going to judge you anyway. So that's how, how Brian met. And I shared a little bit about my story, and he was like, we need to connect. So I'm really happy to finally connect here and be able to share my story, which is unique to to most people. But uh, I I love that about everyone. Everyone's got a story. Mine includes a a lot of ups and downs, like everyone. You know, I had a childhood where I didn't have much of an income family. We were a, you know, low middle class family, didn't have much... Uh, of the same things that a lot of the kids I knew had, like the new shoes and the new clothes. Ours was like thrift shop stuff. And I grew up in that and without a dad. And my mom had a boyfriend who was very abusive for 11 years. I was abused, all that stuff, you know, verbally abused, sometimes physically abused. And uh, so what? <laughs> that's that's childhood. Yeah. Right? So we, we, we got past that. I got, got through that. But what happened in my life was I spent a lot of years hiding something from the world that really was hard for me to handle. And I wore a mask and I basically lived a lie for 26 years and, and, you know, kind of played up this persona, created this image of who I thought people wanted me to be based on my experience in society and all this BS basically. And eventually I said, I was folding under the pressure of, you know, hiding who I truly was to the point where I was starting to live angry. I was losing who I was. I was not this 
positive, happy person. Living a lie means I can't truly connect with people. That was driving me nuts. I couldn't have true connections with people. So eventually I told the world that I didn't identify with the gender that I was born in. And of course, that caused an uproar because at that point in my life, everything on the outside of me seemed perfect. I was 26, year old, 26 years old, had a, owned a home since I was 21. I had a business I ran since I was 22. I had a family and two children the picture perfect life but the inside was a mess and you know i told the world and everyone turned their back on me except for my yeah. my family my close family and uh people who didn't really know me that were kind of friends of mine but all my close friends turned their back on me and i went into deep deep victim mode everything everyone is against me the world's against me i was so trapped in this negative victim mode mentality and it took me a little while to get out of it and thank goodness for that because i went to some pretty deep lows in that mode especially as a single mother of two um, my ex was an alcoholic and, and into drugs so um, i ended up with with full custody thank goodness because i had to fight for them and I was in such a deep depression at one point that I wanted to end my life. I ended up, I was, I was in a townhome just above ghetto, had a bed bug infestation. I was like a very broken version of myself that wanted more. Like I wanted more for my life. I wanted some freedom. I wanted to be a better role model for my children. I wanted to show them that you can get through anything. And I wanted to be that, that tough, like I will overcome and, and, and find victory uh, role model for them. And it was really hard to get to that point. And I really, I really had to get to a, such a point of vulnerability and being fed up with being fed up that I, I got to this point where it's like, I need help. <laughs> I need help. I need guidance. And I know a lot of people can relate where it's really hard to get help. That's like admitting your weakness. And it's really hard to do that. And I did it. And I found a mentor who helped give me some guidance and change my mindset and helped me get back into my gratitude, helped me see the world from, you know, what purpose I want to live in instead of just the desires. And I started to change my life by changing how I thought. And my mindset shift shifted my whole world, which has led to me becoming a high impact success coach, creating um, coaching programs, group coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, I'm a number one best-selling author twice. Uh, I'm a master distributor in a crypto mining network marketing company. I'm a founder of this and that, and I'm actually launching my own um, network marketing company to do, to do with a coaching practice that I've created that shortcuts people to massive breakthroughs. So <laughs> that is in a nutshell, point A to point B where I'm at right now. And there's so much happening, so much growth still to be had. So it's an incredible journey. Yeah, it, it's, it definitely seems, as I've followed you in the Facebook group and, and watched your live streams, um, first of all, I love when you say, uh, and I, I probably won't get it exactly right, but, you know, let them judge. They're going to judge you anyways, or let them judge you how you are. I, I love that because it's so true. And I can relate to your story as I can many other people's stories from you know childhood you're kind of born pure and everything's new and you're learning and and, and, it, and it's this just this massive intaking of your surroundings but then at some point in your life you start to be groomed to meet expectation of others whether it could be your parents friends i mean we we we, we lose our our innocence so to speak and in in the wonderment of the world and, and we start we start following a script what was uh, <clears throat> what was childhood like for you? Like, I, I'm guessing as, as a young child, you weren't thinking you're going to be this 
uh, you know, massively success, su successful coach or having these programs? What, what was your dream as a child? Did you have a, I'm going to be this when I grow up moment? You know, it's funny. I lived in the stars. I lived okay. in the stars. When I was a kid, I, I recognized pretty early on that the way I thought was different. Um, and I knew I had to hide who I was pretty early mm. on. Uh, I, I could tell, like, even as a young kid, I saw how society, you know, paints a picture of a boy and a girl and what your gender roles and stuff like that. So right. I knew that, but I wasn't so aware that it, it affected my whole life. It was more just like, oh, there's this thing, I'll grow out of it. I actually, even as a young, young girl, like, I was like, I'll grow out of it. But what I really wanted, I wanted to play in the stars. I was love. Mm -hmm. I always loved looking at the stars. I wanted to be like an astronomer, uh, astrologer, or anything to do with the stars, really. Um, which you know then led to me being really interested in like quantum physics and stuff like that. Oh, wow. um, so that was that was like the original, <laughs> original yeah. was to play in the stars. That's that's cool. Have it because um, for me that didn't that didn't come for for many many years. I, I don't think I knew as a kid what I really wanted to be. Uh, I had such a great imagination though, and I wish I wish I could have half of that imagination that I had as a kid nowadays because I just you know I just live life on my own terms for a long time, and that's and that's great. You, you talked about. Uh, being in an abusive situation, and 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 I was, it, it, I was in a, a dysfunctional, semi, I'll say toxic, probably could border on abusive, but um, which led to me getting out of the house at a pretty young age. What, what did you, you say? You, your mom had a boyfriend that was, uh, not didn't sound doesn't sound like he was a real nice guy. Was this in your teen years or earlier yeah. on? So when I turned 11, so from 11 till 21, she was with him. Mm. I was out of the house by 17. I ended up going out west working on oil rigs at age 19, um, mm. coming back home, living on people's couches. And um, I ended up, so let, let's be real, I started growing pot. <laughs> I okay. it. And uh, I did it and I earned a bit of money and then I bought a house and then I, I stopped growing pot. I literally did it just to be able to change my life. And I did. Yeah. And I bought a house and I started a business, started a landscaping company because it seemed like the most masculine thing to do to put up the front. Um, I lived a, a life where, you know, in, in those 11 years, um, I was abused verbally. It was like a verbal assault yeah. every day, being called every name in the book because I left the dish in the sink or something. Mm. Something is so stupid. Um, it was always an eggshell existence, this tiptoeing on eggshells, um, as some physical abuse. And you know, it came to the point where when I was 21 and I, you know, had just moved into my new house, my mom had to get away from him. Came to my house, and he was drunk or high or something or both or whatever and ended up coming to my house barging in and starting to get physical with my mom and I was I was seeing red and mm. and this guy's he's a biker he's like a big yeah. thick early biker guy with a Harley Davidson and stuff and I beat the living shit out of him <laughs> and there's 11, it's funny saying this is it's really weird right because that's not me. That's not who I am. But in that, that different lifetime, it was a very different world. And that was 11 years of pent up stress, abuse, and a lot of things. So um, I ended up seeing black and I, I blacked out and I, I opened my eyes on top of him on his chest. It was it was a very 
graphic scene. And um, I'm glad I don't live that life. Yeah, well, you know, and some people, uh, some people deserve it, <laughs> and they need it. Uh, I don't condone violence, but uh, hey, you know, I'd be, I'd be lying too if I didn't say that there was times in my life where, where that, that, that unfortunately it just comes into play, and uh, sometimes, sometimes, you know, you, you've got, you're limited, especially if somebody's closed-minded and they don't want to hear what you have to say or or understand why you you feel a certain way. Was a lot of that that abuse towards how you identified or was it just random? At that point, nobody knew. Nobody, nobody knew. knew. Right. So that it was all just, it was all just crap. It was stupid. It made no sense. Like I look back on it. It's like, why? Yeah. Were, you know, obviously he was going through a lot of pain from his past childhood and existence. Like if I were to coach him, that would be very right. interesting to even think of coaching him <clears throat> mentality and stuff and you know as a coach you get deep on some people's existences and their pasts and stuff like that and, and it's it's interesting to see that a lot of people have the same triggers the same things that bring up you know past abuse past traumas um yeah. you know so i look back now and it's like i can't imagine the traumas and abuse that he went through to be that person right you said it was uh you're you were 23 when you decided that you, 26. 26, 26, when you decided that it was time to change up and, and be true to yourself. Um, how, how did, and you said a lot of people that they moved away from you at that time when you, when you decided to, to, to be who, who you felt you were. It's hard for me. Cause you know, I didn't, I didn't face those same ridicules. Uh, now, you know, I may have been, I was always overweight. So weight was kind of my thing, right? Is, is I, you know, uh, that was the focus on all got a lot a thing. Of, <laughs> yeah, all the bullying and, and, and that, that I, especially as a young child, but how did that impact you? Like knowing that maybe you were living, you're wearing that mask, you're living with a mask. How did that impact you as far as like decision-making? Cause to me, it feels like I would be so torn between two people that I couldn't focus on my future or who I was to become, because I think just, just kind of living it through your words, I feel like I would be totally lost to who I was or what I wanted to be. Was that what it was like for you as a teen and early twenties? Yeah. Yeah. So like I distracted myself with big ambitions and goals, but <clears throat> all day, 24, seven, 365 in my mind, I was questioning my sanity because what mm. I was imagining and visualizing was me developing a different life than I was living, you know, yeah. representing, identifying, <clears throat> expressing the way I truly felt instead of playing a role all day long. It's right. exhausting. It exhausted the heck out of me to be this actress in a play all my life. You know, and every single thing that I, that everything, every situation, every word that was said to me, every word I had to say would come with a calculation. What do I say? How do I say it? Make sure I don't incriminate myself and, and be yeah. who this person expects me to be. So my mind never stopped. It was going nonstop to keep me either, either to keep me aligned with the persona I was living or when there was no one around, it was going with who I knew I should be but wasn't allowing myself to, I denied and suppressed who I was. So it was exhausting, mm. very, very exhausting. And I distracted it with 
working, 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 going hard, mm. trying to build and create. And, and just, I thought I was distracting myself from it, but it never went away. It only got more and more prevalent in my mind. Right. Did you find that, um, <clears throat> did you have a breaking point? And, and when I say, because it sounds like you, you turn to work or you turn to your ambitions to really uh, kind of push back what was what was bothering you did you find that there was just a point where you you were done like you couldn't you couldn't move you couldn't move forward anymore like you were just too exhausted well Is i was what, married yeah i was married yeah. to a woman and i should never have been with a woman i did that as part of a front um so i was right. living a lie in every aspect of my life it was a lie 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 everywhere and i started to finally buckle under the frustration of it and I was starting, and I've always been a very bubbly, happy, positive, outgoing, social person. I was a popular person. After going through being teased as a kid and all this, finding my place, um, I created like the perfect persona for someone who would be popular. It wasn't me, though. It was me playing a role, and it worked. Right. It worked really good. I fooled a lot of people. And I ended up turning into a very angry person because mm. I was so frustrated. I was having a really hard time keeping my sanity. I thought I was, I was, you know, I, I asked myself what the F is wrong with me about 50 to a hundred times a day. Yeah. Begging God to take away whatever curse he had given me. And I'm not religious, but I still said, God, like, yeah. and I believe there is a God. I don't know what it means and all that stuff, but I, I would look up and I would just be like, please just fix me. I'm broken. Fix me. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, did you find yourself and and I I don't know as I hear people people tell their stories it's just it, different things connect with me so much and and I and I had that that moment too and I, I suffered a, a deep depression and I avoided it and I avoided it and I masked it and I medicated it with relationships and um you know and it was it was a, a, an ongoing battle for a long time and it was all stemmed from insecurities and fears that I I held inside but um. So many times, you know, I would turn to God and I'd be like, you know, hey, same thing you were saying, fix me. This, what am I going crazy? And, it, you know, I'd start to get frustrated because, you know, they say that God will answer in his time, you know, it, depending on, on what thought or belief you, you follow. And it was like, well, man, I, I'd like to still be alive to <laughs> enjoy the change. Did you, did you ever find yourself questioning? I guess I'll ask you this. Did you find, did the pressure, get to a point where you ever considered suicide or you just wanted to end things or how was that for you? Well, that came after. So, mm. and I knew that me telling the world who I was, um, cause I had done such a good job at suppressing it that I was like, you know, it, the thought of suicide never came until after mm. when I told the world, everyone bailed on me and it felt like, I was abandoned. I was this abandoned yeah. soul. My family who accepted me didn't feel like my family. I knew hmm. them, but they didn't know me. It's right. the weirdest, weirdest thing. And they're still getting to know me. And I know them. Um, so it, I, I felt really awkward with my family. I felt awkward in my existence, in my skin. Um, I, I went from owning a business that was thriving, making good money to not able to get a minimum wage job based on how I looked, my experience. I had no experience. Uh, I was a college dropout. Um, I didn't want to do landscaping. That wasn't what I wanted to do. And I owned my own business that was doing well. Yeah. I was 
I felt I was a broken failure without like anything. And I wasn't grateful. I was negative. I, I was in judgment of everyone and everything. I felt like God hated me. I felt like the world yeah. hated me. Like I had no place to live or to, to exist and to, to be accepted. So yeah, there came a point, you know, five years ago where I did want to end it all. The only reason I didn't was because of my kids. Right. What, so let's talk a little bit about the transformation and <clears throat> as you started to um, kind of find your, your footing and, and, and become comfortable with, with, with your choice um, or <clears throat> I don't, I, it's hard because I'm not, I'm not in your shoes. I don't, it's not really a choice. Well, I guess, yeah, your journey or your, your decision to finally be you, I yeah. think is, is what I'm, I'm looking at. When did things start tipping over for the better? When, when did you start getting to a, a, a good place? Well, like I said, I, I had to get to a vulnerability point, And that was hard when I had built such a picture-perfect life. I had already built yeah. it and then I lost it all. So I had this mentality of, I got this, I got this. And I clearly did not got this. <laughs> Yeah. So it took a it took a lot of me going down, 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 down until it was like I clearly do not got this, and I need help. You know, getting to that point that's that's a hard point to be pushed to for someone who has pride, um, who doesn't like to feel weak. Um, yeah. it, it took a lot of tremendous strength and courage, more strength and courage than it took to tell the world who I truly was, for me to get to a position of I need to get help. I need to ask mm. for someone's guidance, mentorship to teach me how to think because I'm losing it and I didn't want to end it. So I did find a mentor who got me back in touch with gratitude, who taught me how to focus on my purpose in life, taught me about alpha <laughs> and beta thoughts and frequencies and uh, replacing all of my drift thoughts, my negative thinking, my autopilot thoughts with focusing on my purpose in life. And to not stress about the how, but to just know where I'm going, know what I look like in that future, know what, what it's about, know why or what lights my soul on fire, why I exist, and to focus on it nonstop without worrying about how I'm going to get there, while at the same time being so grateful for my present, to be able to look around and, and pick things all around me that I'm grateful for. I remember the first time I did that. I'm in my, my bedroom, which was also my living room in this crappy townhome. Again, bed bug infested. This, this was mm. my little zone. And I had hated it. I had hated it. You know, I had this one acre property in the country with a bonfire pit and a hot tub and all this thing. And, and I was trapped in this little box and I hated it. And in that moment that I decided to get back to gratitude, the first thing I looked at, I looked up and I saw a, a doorknob, the doorknob to my door. I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm grateful for that doorknob. Why am I grateful for that doorknob? Well, my daughters open it every single morning. Cry. Yeah. Every single morning to come into my, my life and to love me. Yeah. That moment was a big shift for me. It's a big shift for me. Would you say how long? I Because gratitude is one of those things that no matter who I talk to, anybody that has had to overcome a major obstacle or major obstacles in their life, that there's always a mention of gratitude. And <clears throat> as I've looked to get to that place, and, and that's something that I, I try to practice as well. And nobody's perfect. We're all going to have our bad days. You know, today today was a day where it's rainy here. And I just, you know, I just 
was just kind of lounging most of the day. And then the negative thought would creep in and be like, man, you should be up. You should be doing something. And I'm like, no, my body, you know, I just need to be grateful for this moment. This, these, these couple, two, three hours that I have that I don't have to worry about anything. I could just relax. But it's, I find it, it for me, it's, it's a never ending battle, the negative mind versus the, the positive mind. What's that look like for you? Because, I, you know, as we talk here, it's easy to, I mean, these people got themselves together. We see on Facebook, hey, you know, but how hard is, is it, is gratitude a hard battle for you day in and day out? Is it an ongoing, um, ongoing thing? Yeah, it used to be. It was hard to find the gratitude in things. But something I learned about gratitude is gratitude is accepting your worthiness to receive. Mm. Understanding gratitude as that has been a, a bit of a game changer. I'll say that again. Gratitude is accepting your worthiness to receive. Something that was said to me a year and a half ago was for me to transcend into my greatness, I must allow for divine intervention. I must allow for divine intervention, for me to be my greatest self. That, I mean, I, I heard that, I'm like, it sounds so delicious to even say it and think of it, like, cool line. But I, I thought about it for months. I had to like contemplate on it and ponder it. And what does it mean? How do I do this? How do I really? And the big word that came through it was, I gotta surrender. I lived yeah. life <clears throat> as if it was some, some big battle. I was always some fighter you know, fight to win, fight to survive, fight for a relationship, fight for my life, fight for, it was, everything was a fight. I saw the world as a battlefield and I was the fighter and I, I would never lose. I, I will always overcome. I will always win. Never give up, never surrender. <laughs> you know, that was, <laughs> that was my mentality. And in this process of, of the surrender thought, I was like, I'm tired of fighting. I don't yeah. want to fight anymore. I, if I were to have it my way, I'd be as light as a feather blowing in the wind towards my destination, towards my purpose and fulfillment, light as a feather. Hmm. And that's, I said, I decide. I just, I decide, I'm like, that's the life I want to live. So I'm going to surrender. I'm going to allow the wind to blow me where I want to go. And I'm just going to float there. I'm going to stop trying to forge this path and, you know, fight my way through life. I don't want to fight anymore. I want to float. So I decided that I'm going to float, I'm going to surrender, I'm going to float into my greatness. And that shift, uh, you know, that weight, we all get that weight, that pressure, then it, it gets crushing. It's like we got to carry all of this baggage, guilt and shame and um, feeling of unworthiness and, and like we're not good enough and all this stuff, it weighs on us. And I just, I wanted to give that all away. Go, just, just let me float as I am, as I am this Feather floating in the wind. And I found myself landing in interesting places. And because I started to do this surrender process, that also requires a butt ton of faith. You yeah. can't surrender to the cosmos, to the universe, to God, to whatever you want to surrender to, unless you have tons of faith that you're taken care of, that mm -hmm. you ha are tapped into your instincts, your intuition, and they're going to operate perfectly and get you exactly where you need to be, even if it feels painful, even if you're challenged and you're hitting roadblock after roadblock, you know that once you continue to walk through, you just step through, you keep moving forward, and you're going to do the things that get you through it, and God or the universe is going to carry you to the other side. That mm -hmm. faith is imperative. How would you define surrender? Well, well, <clears throat> now that you've gone through it, and, and, and 
you you've seen it firsthand. If if that was let's say you just created that word and 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 we want, all want to know what what does it mean to surrender? What what is that to you? It's a release of the need for control with complete faith that you're taken care of. <clears throat> yeah. We're all control freaks. Right. We all want to. Yeah, <laughs> we are. I see a lot of people. Or I've met a lot of people over the years that I've talked to um, and they've you, you come with. The, they say, hey, here's here's where I'm at in my life. I want to change. I want to change. And but they try something once and they're done. They're like, it didn't work. It didn't work. You know, I, I tried this gratitude thing. I woke up, I was thankful all day long. And I, you know, I woke up this next day and I still have all the problems or they, the, the, the trying to surrender. Yeah. That would be a, a hard, well, it is a hard thing to do. Cause I, I know I, I had to finally let go. What is, what would you say to those people that they say, well, I've tried everything. I've tried surrendering. I've tried Gratitude. I've tried this. I've tried that. It's not working. What, what would you say to those folks? Give up the fight. Yeah. Give up. Okay. Give up the fight. That's, that's part of the surrender is like, you know, this, this need to think that it's all on us. Um, one, one big thing when it comes to surrender is to basically give your problems that you have no control over, over to God, over, and just say, mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, bear with me here. I know some people might be listening and go like, come on, really? Like, come on. Mm -hmm. This is, comes from a person who's really not religious. I, I don't go to church. It's it's not about that. There's there's much more to this. Like, you're, you're hearing from someone who three and a half years ago was on welfare in this bed bug ridden uh, place. I now own multiple businesses, make crazy money. Like, pandemic was an incredible year for me financially. I met and married my husband. Like, life is beautiful. So I'm, I'm speaking from a place of experience. And these are the things that I did in a place where it was, I was on the brink of destruction. You know, I was... I didn't, I wasn't happy. I didn't have anything to go home and brag about. My life was in shambles. I had to surrender. I had to stop doing what I was doing and do something different. If you want your world to change, you must change. So try something different and give up the fight. Yeah. So when somebody surrenders and they give it all over to, you know, the universe, to God, whatever, whatever it is for them, um, we all have our own different beliefs and, 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 and so what just substitute as we say, God, cause I, I'm a man of faith. I'm, I'm if, God. Yeah. We can say God or, or, you know, but whoever's listening, just, if that's not your word, cross that out and put universe or whatever. I don't, I don't want anybody that's listening to get caught up with, you know, the formalities. Lingo. Yeah. The lingo. So what, whatever God is to you. <laughs> and so as you, letting go and and I guess where I'm going with the this this question is if you let go you give up the fight and you just float right I, I, you know how you're saying just kind of float it, that's pretty scary to think like you don't know what's going to happen next and you don't know where you're going to go or what you're going to be or maybe you know you thought hey I'm going to be this <clears throat> you know big big shot in the medical profession what if that what if floating takes you away from that I mean what you know that could be very, very scary and a deterrent for, for a lot of people. Well, we live in the what if world. Yeah. Our minds are what ifing all day long. 
What if this mm -hmm. goes wrong? What if this goes right? That's the problem. Not many people think, what if it goes right? We're stuck in the, what if it goes wrong? And we build up all of this imaginary situation. What if I float the wrong way? What if this stops me? What if I run into a bad person and they, what if they stab me in the back? What if we live there? You know, right. check your mind, check your thoughts. If you are constantly creating these scenarios where you are assuming the worst, where you think something's going to go wrong, you will create it. You'll yeah. continue to create it over and over and over until you understand that you create what you think about. So if right. you're surrendering all the problems, then you stop having this need to try and solve them. And when yeah. you're stuck trying to solve problems, you're constantly asking, what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? What if I get stuck here? And if you're living in that, you're creating more of it. You know, if you're, you're asking what's wrong with something instead of what's the solution, this is the difference, you know, being focused on the problem or focused yeah. on the solution, the end game, the where you want to go. If you focus on where you want to go, problems tend to just solve themselves. Right. You know, a lot of us who, who watching here can look back on their lives and think there are many moments where the problem just solved itself. And I thought mm. I had to do all these things. And I made all these assumptions and it really just the trash took itself out and the problem just solved itself. And something I thought was a problem turned out to be a blessing. You know, right. how many times have you experienced that? Something you thought was, was really just the worst thing ended up becoming a blessing. That, yeah. that happens all the time. But we're stuck fighting, 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 fighting and trying to control everything. As a control freak, we have like this plan. It's like this, this big plan of ours. And when something doesn't go to plan, we get stressed out because mm. didn't, we didn't have control. We're losing our control and we feel it. And it's frustrating. When you give up that need for control and having this big plan, then when something doesn't go to plan, you're not stressed out. For me, right. one big thing that helped, here's like a strategy, is to speak with future you. First of all, you got to know who future you is. If you don't know who future you is, you don't know where you're going. So you're not going to mm -hmm. get you're not going to get there. <laughs> so get yeah. to know future you. Future you might dress differently. Future you might talk differently, walk differently, have a different presence, speak with with ferocity. Like I had to learn who I was to become who I wanted to be. And who I wanted to become was this powerhouse businesswoman. And when I visualized her, I saw a different version of myself. Now I knew who I had to become today because now mm -hmm. I knew who I was becoming. And future me said this, I made it. So don't worry. Everything mm -hmm. that you go through between point A and point B has to happen. None of it means you're in the wrong place. None of it means it's going to stop you. All you got to do is go through it. Just walk, mm -hmm. take one step at a time, move yourself through it, and you will get here. I'm the proof. I'm telling you, you made it. Trust it. Don't let the stress of all the little things on the way stop you. Don't let it stop you. Just move through it and you'll be fine. As, as you were talking, I uh, uh, kind of had this vision pop in my head of the ocean. And, you know, they tell you, uh, or at least I've been told in, in the past, if you're out there swimming and you feel the ocean current pulling you under, you're not supposed to fight, right? You're not supposed to kick, scream, try you're, you're supposed to relax and 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 not you know not not go against the current and and i kept just visualizing that where so many of us were out in that ocean and we start feeling it kind of pulling us back and we so we get scared and we panic and we start swimming against 
against the, the power of the current and it just wears us out to the, eventually the point it pulls us under as to where if we just kind of relaxed and went with the flow, yeah, it might take us down the beach a little bit and we maybe have to walk back, but you're going to get there and you're going to be able to stand up and, 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 and carry on. So yeah, I had like I, a little breakthrough with water. So I, you know, once I started to finally catch my stride and become a little bit successful, Every time I got stressed out, I would go to this spa. It was an outdoor spa, and there was some like awesome hot tubs and saunas and steam rooms. And I went in a hot tub, and I go to this go to this place myself to recharge. And I and I go and I sit down in the quiet zone where you can't talk, you can just whisper. And I'm sitting in the hot tub, and it's so peaceful. And I'm just trying to kind of like meditate into it. And I hear people come in who are not whispering, and they're making splashes. So in this moment where I was so calm started to feel the splash my eyes are closed i'm feeling this and i'm like i try and resist i felt this resist and i got back in a fighting mode and this was a huge breakthrough for me because i was like it's like oh, it's just it felt so uncomfortable and i was like you're fighting relax and i relaxed and i just was going with the waves and i felt the waves but they didn't feel disruptive anymore now it felt like flow i felt like oh i'm okay instead of this fighting and resisting of the waves, I was flowing with them and it felt good. And I was, I was okay. I had this breakthrough and I was like, I gotta stop resisting. Let just, just go with it. Don't go against it, go with it. If you're being pulled in a direction, ask why, why, why am I here? What's trying to show, what's trying to show? Um, a question I love to ask is what is God's intention right now? Mm -hmm. There's an intention behind this. What what lesson do I need to learn? What do I need to be seeing? What do I need to be present with? Who do I need to be speaking to right now? Who do I need to connect with? Who needs love? Instead of resisting and fighting and saying, this is so bad, run and run from it. Go with mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't believe in any <clears throat> accidents in this world. I think everything happens for a reason. Now, can we alter, you know, maybe. I, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't have all the answers, but, you know, we, we can certainly feel like we're changing ourselves and, and getting better, but ultimately um, we can't determine, we can only control ourselves. We can't control other people. So bad things happen to good people all the time. And it's, and it's because, you know, there's only so much we can control within our own lives and then the rest uh, we kind of have to go with that flow and, and that ripple effect and just kind of swirl around with it. The, what would, so a lot of folks are going to, let me think of my question. The, the question I think I, what I want to ask you is, so bad things happen. How long do you hold on to them? How long do you remember? I'm not, I'm not saying hold on to them as in, you know, mad or, you know, with the victim mindset, but do you carry those wounds with you all throughout your life as gentle reminders? Or do you just say, you know what? The past is the past. I can't live there. All is forgotten. All is forgiven. What, what's, what's your opinion on that? Well, remember that word gratitude? Mm -hmm. Gratitude's the key. It's mm -hmm. the key. If you go through something, someone stabs you in the back, someone cheats on you, someone hurts you, uh, an accident happens, something happens in the world that causes you pain or trauma. A question to ask is why are you grateful for it? Mm. You know, gratitude accepts your worthiness to receive. If you want to grow, you want to become a better version of yourself and level up, 
think different, move stronger, faster, harder, all, all that stuff. You right. need to receive lessons. You need to receive growth. You need to expand. And the only way to do that is to receive. So if you're grateful for something, you can see what it is that you're going to receive from it. So any situation has something to teach you, something to grow you, something to prepare you, something to challenge you so that you can expand from your current bubble into the next level. So if you're able to ask why you're grateful for something, you're going to come up with answers. You know, we're, we're stuck on our old programming. A lot of us don't even realize that our autopilot thoughts that keep playing over and over are extremely disempowering. When you mm -hmm. ask what's wrong with something, that's disempowering. Instead, you can ask something like, why am I grateful for this? And what lesson am I, am I trying to learn so that I can overcome it? Those are very different questions. When you start to, to receive lessons quicker, you start to grow quicker. This is rapid transformation. It's a shortcut to breakthroughs by asking questions. I call them the magic questions like, why am I grateful for this? Why have I been blessed with the skills and talents to overcome this challenge? You ask that question, the answer to the problem shows up. How amazing is that? See, we're mm. stuck on the old programming since birth, and it's not your fault. It's not. This is something that, that I've been blown away with. Over 96% of people who get involved in personal development, start reading the books, going to events, hiring the coaches like me, fail at whatever they're trying to accomplish. Finding a soulmate, um, becoming a millionaire, being able to have your freedom. Why is it that 96% of people in personal development fail at their efforts? It's because they're still thinking still thinking the same way as right. the way that created the problem. Albert Einstein said, you can't solve a problem with the same thinking that created the problem. So it doesn't matter how much information you take in. If you're still thinking the same way, you're not solving anything. So one thing I've learned on how to think differently, how out of the box thinkers think is by asking themselves different questions. We have this thing called ego that a lot of people think is a bad thing. Ego is such a bad thing. What I've learned about ego is it's not good or bad. It's neither. What it is, is it's something that is designed for us to be right. It makes us right. You ask it a question, it'll give you an answer. You ask, what's wrong with me? It'll give you an answer, even if it's complete <laughs> BS. It has nothing to do with logic. has nothing to do with emotion. All it is, is designed to make you right. Yeah. So how do we harness that? By asking your ego questions that allow it to come up with empowered answers. Yeah. It's incredible what that can do. And I've, I've done it in my coaching practice and it, it is the shortcut to breakthrough. Does the ego, so you hear a lot of folks talk about the subconscious mind. Do you, is, does the ego reside to, uh, into, into that subconscious mind or do you look at those as a little different, two different subjects? Well, because, well, because it's not logic, you know, because, you know, when you think mind and consciousness, awakenness, right. it's like logical calculations. You ask a question, it's like, well, if X equals Y and Y equals Z, then X equals Z. And if there's a variable, so you start adding and subtracting and assuming and, and putting um, interpretations. But the ego, it just has answers. It's not yeah. thinking about anything. So, yeah, I feel like that's that's subconscious or something completely different that we're not fully understanding of. But when you ask it something, it just has an answer. You, know, yeah. you don't have to think about it. You don't have to calculate anything. You don't have to even feel it because it's not emotional either. It's just there. 
You know, this is why so many people, when they ask what's wrong with me, come up with all kinds of crazy answers. Yeah. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too big. I'm too small. I'm too this. It just comes up with answers just to make us right. Right. Let, let me throw this out at you because as we're talking about ego, um, I'm thinking about Facebook. And, and if anybody watches this and you feel like I'm picking on you, I rest assured, <laughs> I'm not picking on anybody. All right. Just this is a thought because I see it on Facebook and one of the things I, I, I like to say is you all, everybody becomes a self-help expert when they're going through suffering. And you see that on Facebook. So somebody goes through a breakup and the next thing you know is you see posts of them, how they're going to excel and rise above. But then you see them, you know, the woe is me. You know, I, I was surrounded, you know, as I think of ego, it's, I feel like where you want to go, but you're also still, you're still thinking about what happened to you and wanting to share that out. Uh, I know it's a release because I mean, when I was going through depression, I had to force myself not to post on Facebook because you, you want to just scream. You want to scream to the world and be like, ah, you know, um, but, but I feel a lot of folks do more damage than good to themselves when, when they live in that state of, okay, something bad just happened. So here we are. I want to go here, but I'm going to make sure everybody remembers what happened to me for the next two or three weeks. And then eventually, you know, so, you know, a new relationship or a new job or something happens. And then all, all that goes away because life is good again. What would you say to, so, you know, folks that use social media as an outlet to heal? Hey, if it works, yeah. then go for it, you know? Uh, who cares what others think of it? Okay. Yeah. You know, so you, you got to do what you got to do. You got to, if you need to express yourself and that's the way you want to do it, then express yourself. You might lose some friends over it. As long as you're okay with that, do you, boo-boo? <laughs> if you okay. got to express yourself on Facebook. And, you know, sometimes people recognize a cry for help mask behind a, everything is great. And it could be a way that you connect with someone. And then for others, it's like you really don't want to do that. And that's cool, too. There, you know, Something else I've, I've really embraced is that there is no good or bad or right or wrong. It's just another situation. And how it ends up can end up so many different ways. A lot of people will say 9-11 uh, was so bad. But right. what did it do for the world instead of to the world? Yeah, there was a lot of loss. But in that loss, there was also creation and growth and love and connection. And is that growth, love, connection, all that, is that good? Who knows? Because maybe some of that led to something that others would deem as bad. So right. every good and bad is fluid. It's like a judgment and interpretation. There is no good or bad. So the way we operate, the way we, we talk to people and connect and stuff, there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just another way to do it. That's my, my look on it. No, that's great. Because, it, you know, if you think about... <sighs> you know, the forest, the forest burns every year. There's a big forest fire, right? And it, and it burns and burns, but then it all regrows. It, it, it's a necessary, it's a necessary component of creation that sometimes you have to let the, the old burn in order to, to blossom the new flowers and trees. And, you know, um, so I, I, I really like your message about you know, kind of reframing that that question. How are you asking those questions? So something bad happens to you. Don't ask, why did this happen to me? Ask, okay, this this happened for a reason. How am I going to grow? Is that 
Is, is that yeah, what you're why saying? Am I for it? Why am I grateful yeah. for it? Why do I love that this is happening? You know, what, what does it look like for me to overcome this powerfully? There's another good question. What does it look like for me to overcome this powerfully? What does it look like for me to step up and to be able to handle any challenge that's thrown my way with grace and dignity? There's so many better questions that you can ask yourself that will lead to the result you actually want instead of the focus on the the misery, the, you know, the, if you focus on misery, you're going to get more misery. Right. So let's, uh, let's, let's segue a little bit into um, away from the bad, you know, and, and now start looking at the good. So over the last, um, what you said, been about six or seven years, uh, what what's, how how has it all blossomed for you? Because you've got a lot going on. So why don't we share out a little bit about who you became after the forest burned? Yeah, yeah. Well, once it burned, there was a lot of new growth, and I I started to step into who I truly was. You know, once I I stopped this act, I was able to breathe again and have peace in my mind, and to just show up and not have to think about what I was saying. So now I was able to live effortlessly. Like right now, it's not like I'm thinking about what I'm saying. I'm just saying it. It's just right. it comes off, it comes out. I don't have to think about it. Um, and so in that, I've been able to express myself and who I am. And the more vulnerable I, I've become, the more people were awed by my story, by my authenticity, me showing up. Like the way you found me was me just mm -hmm. being completely authentic in my diverse self, which means all versions of me firing on all cylinders without me um, undervaluing a side of me. You know, we have thousands of versions of us. Right. A lot of them, we would give ourselves a high five. Oh, the confident side. Yeah. The creative side. Yeah. Awesome. You know, the excited, the party or the, da -da -da -da, you get, and then there's the, the other ones in the corner, like, Oh, there's the sad version, the insecure version, the aggressive version, the, um, the, the anti-social version. And we're like, Oh, go away already. I don't want you. I, once I started to value all versions of myself and say, hey, you all bring something to the table. You all have value in my life. I started to show up more diversely and more opportunities came to me. More people wanted to connect with me. The more people are the game, guys. People are the game. You want to win at life? Win at people. Yeah. Connect with more people. Love on more people. How can you love more people today? How can you get to know more people today? The more people you can connect with, the more opportunity there is for you. The more love there is for you. The more connection and joy there is for you. That changed my life. Being able to share who I truly was authentic authentically without caring who would judge me. I just wanted to show up. And as I showed up, other people showed up into my life and started to elevate me. And we all elevate each other and opportunities came. I, I became a top network marketer. I was in network marketing throughout the past 13 years. And in the nine years of me doing it in my old self, I failed. I didn't make, I think in that nine years, I probably made $2,500, $3,000. People questioning my sanity. Why are you still doing this? Right. Well, the past three, four years, I've made close to a million dollars, something like that. Oh, wow. It's a big difference. Yeah. That's when, that's when yeah. you start to value all versions of yourself and you just show up authentically and you start to connect with people because you love people, not because they're a dollar sign, not because you, you can possibly get a sale out of them, possibly right. selling a product. Connecting with people genuinely because you love that people all bring something to the table, just like all versions of you bring something to the table.
right. and get to get to know what it is that they bring to the table. And next thing you know, you'll find the reason why they're there, the reason why you're there for them, why they can use your help and why you can use their help and why you can each elevate each other. So in this time of me connecting with people, I've been on podcasts. I've written my book authentically. It became a number one bestseller, not born this way. Um, I've, I've been a, I've become an, I was invited to be a master distributor of a crypto mining MLM and crypto was new to me, but I got in it with trust and faith. And I said, my soul's being called here. So I just got to do it. And I've made crazy money with it, crazy connections. I've helped a lot of people with it. It's been an incredible journey. Um, I started coaching people uh, a couple years back and everyone I'm coaching is just elevating their lives and having massive breakthroughs. And in that I've, realized about the ego hacking and the magic questions and now i'm launching a, a, a massive movement and program dedicated to teaching people how to ask those proper questions why they work how they work how your ego works and it has been leading into something so magical and i'm surrounded by miracles i'm married to my soulmate i have soul custody of my kids i'm the happiest i've ever been i'm an incredible mother i've been able to take them to disney world been able to empower their growth they're now investing in crypto and they're six and seven oh, wow. <laughs> they have in portfolios. um so i'm living a very empowered life because i started to connect with more people with love and genuine relationships unconditional relationships unconditional love and just finding how can i love on more people be unconditional not judge so many people because we're all human we all make mistakes we're not we're, we're not inherently evil I think a lot of people are like, people are evil and they're bad and they're wrong and they're this. And that's just them judging. Got to get got out of that judgment mode and this victim mentality. Because right. all the people who are in your life, they're there for a reason. They're meant yeah. to teach you things, give you value in ways you aren't sure you know about. Could be a lesson. Could be a, you know, this person who hurt you was meant to show you what people can be capable of. So to be careful and watch for it, not be gullible, um, to also give you a reason to do soul searching. There's so many reasons why someone's in your in your field without mm. you needing to judge them for being human. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, it's so important, two things. For, for me, speaking from my personal experience, the, the, the day I decided to get vulnerable and not, because for years i i didn't talk about what happened to me as a kid i didn't and i did you know why i did i did it i didn't talk about it it's not because i felt like you know the the emotional abuse would create a stigma because i mean we all you know we all meet people that don't, don't treat us very nice but i didn't do it because i didn't want to hurt others like i was like i don't want to bring that up because then i'm putting the spotlight on the people that did this to me and and I don't know if that was a, a kind of a still a, a bit of fear, like they still had some control because I, I wouldn't put that out there. But the day I finally became vulnerable and I said, you know what, I'm I'm not I'm just going to let it go and let it be out there. It, it, so much has opened up so many different opportunities. And I've I've grown in, in amazing ways uh, that, that I would have never expected. But then after you when you get vulnerable and, and, and you just let go of imperfection. Um, then when you just, I think the next step is you realize, at least for me, and you can, by all means, if you disagree, let me know. But I think the, the meaning of life, the purpose of life is to live 
selflessly, not selfishly, selflessly, like don't live for yourself. Um, yeah, you. Every, we all want nice cars, nice houses, this and that. But if you if you just truly put forth the effort to be there for how can you enhance somebody else's life and, and you allow yourself to be emotional or uh, vulnerable, then not only are you going to grow, but everybody that comes in contact with you, they're going to grow. Would you agree with that? I mean, that statement that the life is really about letting go of yourself and focusing on the others. So what you said right at the end, it's going to mm. grow you and grow them. My thought on the meaning of life is growth. Mm. I think that we are here to grow, to evolve, to evolve our consciousness, our connections, our love. So in, in our selflessness, grow in our selflessness and understand why we're selfless, You know why we're giving. We're giving to receive and we're receiving to give. Both are the equal. They're syn synonymous with each other. And a lot of people have a hard time receiving. So being selfless is great as long as you can still receive. When you, when you create that connection, that flow, you create a flow, a, a circuitry. You open, it's a close, um, close circuit. I'm not an electrician, but you, know, you, don't, right. break, you don't break the circuit, giving and receiving. So for me, it's, it really is about how can we grow into more love, more connection, more of everything. That, that to me has been a big thing for, for me in my love and my selflessness, my givingness, my receivingness, uh, to really know that it's, it's about growing into it, evolving into it, and stepping into it. Um, so, mm. you know, you, you literally closed out your statement with that. So it, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the old spoke and wheel uh, analogy. You know, every spoke has a purpose for that wheel it, it keeps the bike riding smoothly and 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 you're going to give and you're going to take you know um a, a, as you go and it's i think you know it's definitely don't focus on the taking because if you if all you're worried about in my opinion is money i want to get rich i want to get i believe me i did that for years where i just like i'm going to be rich and it, 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 the more you focus on the the selfishness part of it like hey i'm gonna be rich so that i can live like this uh it seems like the 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 the, the harder it is to accomplish but when you say hey i just want to give value i want to give i want to want to share to everyone and everything i think you know receiving money or whatever it is um that's just part of the ebb and flow right you give you're going to receive and I, and I suppose if you're around somebody that, you know, is always taking, I, I think of buckets, you know, we all have these buckets um, and we need to keep our buckets filled because I tell people all the time, you've got to work on yourself. Like it's not selfless. It's not selfish to wake up and say, I've got to work on me today because the better that you are, the, the better it is going to be for those you interact with, because, you know, you're going to, you're, you're going to have the energy and the strength to, to give back. So about balance, um, right? Yeah. You know, everything needs to be balanced. If you're just giving, if that's all you do, give, 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 and you don't receive, you 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 know, say no to receiving. I, I'm so I don't need to receive. You just keep it. You are taking from them. You're taking yeah. from someone. You're taking an experience. How good does it feel to give to somebody? Well, when someone wants to give to you and you say no, you're taking away that experience from them. So, right. and if you all you do is 
receive and you don't give, then it turns into taking instead of receiving and it's and then you're you're being selfish. So both ends of the spectrum are not healthy. So if you're able to do both with balance, give, receive, give, receive, give, receive, you know, give to charities, receive help. You know, it doesn't always have to look like money, but receiving support, receiving help, receiving feedback, advice, receiving, right. being open to, to the receive as well as the giving. So I, I find that a good balance is really what, what can keep you healthy in, in your mental state mm. and in your life. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your book. Now, did you, you you have uh, not born this way, but did, you wrote a second book, right? As well, uh, I co-authored a book uh, called 20 Powerful Women in Network Marketing Tell All." Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about not born this way. What was what was your motivation behind that book, and what if somebody wanted to go pick that up and read it? What can they expect to to gain from it? You know, I spent a lot of my life defining myself by my current situation or my mm -hmm. past situation. Instead of defining myself by who I was becoming, I was defining myself by my past limitations, my disadvantages, what had happened to me, my victimness. And I kind of owned it like this is who I am. I am who you're looking at right now instead of defining myself by who I'm becoming and, and seeing myself as someone I was becoming, growing into. And that big shift is mainly what the book is about it's about you know me being stuck in and growing through this this crazy life where i did a lot of crazy things and to finally realize that hey i am becoming something so much bigger than this you know right. i was not born this way i was born this way but i was not born the way i wanted to become so i decided to dictate who i was becoming and in that it was a crazy journey it was there was abuse and violence and, and drugs and broken laws and and all kinds of things that you know a lot of people end up going through in their life but maybe not overcoming right. and the way i overcame it is by redefining who i was becoming and in that you know i i'm a coach so as i was writing it every chapter is ended with like an insight a lesson of what i learned from this situation that can apply to anybody's life and in the end of it it's like all of the shifts combined and turned into this understanding of enlightenment, awareness, expanded perspective, and how we live to give and receive to other people to grow and connect with others. So uh, it is a life story, but really it is about how can you shift from where you are to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. What what else do you got? Uh, I just looked at the time. I can't believe we've been talking for over an hour already. It's uh, time has this this conversation's flown by. It's it's been so um, enlightening and, and insightful for me. And it's got. I always love it when somebody gets my mind spinning because I get all these ideas. We're sitting here talking, and I'm trying to. I'm, you just, just go on and on and on, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and my brain is just moving at you know a, you know a thousand miles a minute with with different. So we could probably sit here and talk for. Uh, hours and hours again, but I don't know if I'm at that Joe Rogan level where I could do a three-hour <laughs> podcast yet. That's uh, I can't even I listen for three hours. But uh, let's let's. I want to give you the floor for you know the next however long. What you've got something coming up big. You're releasing. Let's just talk about you. What you've got going. If somebody's listening to this and they say, "Hey, I want to reach out. I want to connect with her." Um, let Let's put that out there. How can people find you? Yeah, well, I'm on Facebook. You look up Sarah Weiss, W-E-I-S-S. -S. Um, I'm the SaaS boss. And I've 
I've created this program. You know, I, I do, I have an inner circle coaching program and I coach people mm -hmm. one-on-one, -on -one, but I'm realizing that there needs to be a shift in the coaching arena and the personal development arena. So I'm starting to teach people these magic questions, the ego hacking, and I've actually started to certify coaches on how to do this to give people that shortcut to breakthroughs. And it's a funny goal that I have, and it seems very counterintuitive, but I want to teach people how to not need a coach mm, yeah. coming from a coach. So the, the program I'm developing is to certify coaches to be able to teach this in a way that anyone who's being taught can learn how to teach it as well so that yeah. I can duplicate this throughout society so that this can change the world. Yeah. So tomorrow I'm going to have my first ever webinar talking to the world about it. So I have, you know, a few people will hop on and I'll just share that I'm creating this program where you can either be an empowered learner or an empowered earner and learn how to teach this and get paid in my, pro my platform to teach it. Even if mm -hmm. you are an existing coach or not an existing coach and you want to learn this stuff, I can teach it to you in a way that you'll be able to actually pass it off to others and teach them in a way that they'll be able to do the same. Very cool. So it's kind of like you're, uh, I can't remember the quote, but I heard it somewhere a long time ago where if you can put yourself out of a job, you're doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> is kind of what I heard. Because then, that, you know, like you said, you're teaching others to become uh, greater cells, uh, great, greater versions of themselves and, and to teach others. And, and while that may that may, uh, you know, maybe you're uh, you're teaching yourself out of a job that just opens more doors for the next opportunity for you. So it's not like that's a bad thing. Automation, they, that's what they call it in the corporate world, right? Automation, also automate everything. I, I imagine a world where we have very evolved consciousness. It's great to have yeah. all the technology evolving and cars evolving and all these other things externally evolving. We need to evolve quicker because mm -hmm. we can. Not because we need to, but, but because we can. People yeah. have ideas all the time and don't think they're significant because it came from them and they don't think they're significant. The, core, the, the program I'm creating is called Empowered Life because I want mm -hmm. to empower people to recognize their skills, their greatness, not think that it's not a big deal because it's coming from them and they think they're not a big deal. When I, when I empower someone, all of a sudden greatness starts to show up. When I have belief in someone, I, I remember someone who reached out to me on Facebook. They saw me post or do a live and they messaged me and there was this message. And then the next message was, oh, my gosh, I just checked out your profile. I'm so sorry for taking up your time. I'm not worthy of your time. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, that, and, and I just I, I, I had a conversation with him. And in the in the conversation, I was like, you have so much to believe in. I believe in you and I wish you could believe in what I see. You know, you've got, and I just started pointing at what I saw in a short conversation. What happened with that guy? And this was just by believing him. This wasn't even asking all the magic. Actually, I asked a couple of magic questions, but believing in him alone mm -hmm. empowered the heck out of him. And I, I connected with him on Facebook and he is rocking and rolling. He's a rock star at life right now. Yeah. And he, he gives me kudos all the time for believing in him. And I was a stranger. Right. And sometimes I guess that's all it really takes is for somebody to to believe in you. I mean, this, um, well, I, I, a little bit, you know, with this podcast, I mean, I started it because that's what I was looking for. I, I was going through depression and anxiety and I was, 
you know, I lost two years of my life and I just kept looking. I just wanted somebody to tell me it was going to be okay, that I wasn't going crazy. And when I couldn't find that, I couldn't find it. I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to start a podcast and I'll do it my damn self. And, 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 and it's kind of morphed. This thing is morphed into something totally different to where I'm having folks like you on and just telling your stories. There's so much power in our stories, good, bad, however you say your life's been, you could take that and, and, and you're going to all the bad stuff, all, all the things that hurt you. That's just, that's, that's something to give out, you know, give that away, you know, give, share your story, be vulnerable and, and change lives. And uh, I definitely see you doing that. I see you in that Facebook group. I enjoy watching your lives and, um, so much energy when you come on on the camera and I can see that in the in the um, comments and as people uh, jump in and watch they, they 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 can feel it too so very good and you have a website we'll make sure we have all your links and everything in in the descriptions uh, both for this live stream as well as uh, as is when we get it to the podcast uh, we launch it on podbean so um, any any final words of wisdom you'd like to leave everybody with before we go? There you go. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. There it is. Don't worry about being perfect, guys. Just show up. Just show up. And don't worry about who's going to judge you because they're going to judge you anyway. So if you got to show up looking like me, do it and allow them to judge you. And don't let it bother you because even if you show up perfectly, someone's going to judge you for it just show up that is like 80 percent of the battle i don't even like thinking of something as a battle but when you show up and you're authentic even if you're scared shitless just mm -hmm. show up and when you're there guess what people are the game you're now connecting with people now people feel you they see you they feel your energy they get to know who you truly are and you're going to find your tribe you're going to find people who relate with you just like me and brian have found each other we're mm -hmm. each other's tribe that's why I'm here. That's why he's here. Because I showed up. And in doing that, I was judged. There were people who commented on my hair. That's why that is a thing now. Yeah. <laughs> Someone commented and said, you know, why don't you brush your hair? Like, do you not care about what you look like? And next next day, I did a live like that. <laughs> That's how much... So here's the amazing thing about it. You said you were judged for your hair and, and, and what, what you did. I mean, this is how she starts all of her lives. She comes on. And, and that is what I saw that. And I'm like, I got to get to know this person like this. Um, so for, for, you know, where somebody may say, oh, you know, they, they judge you for it. It's like, it, it, it was totally opposite for me where I'm like, wait a minute, what is this craziness? Somebody's coming on the camera with their hair messed up. Like how, how can this be? And, and so, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just, uh, I, I enjoy it. It's, it's, I see you do it and it's just like, it gives me confidence to, to keep going out and just yeah. being that perfectly imperfect, perfectly imperfect version of myself. So, um, well, hey, Sarah, I appreciate your time, and it's been a great conversation, and we're definitely going to stay in touch. I'm going to check out – I'm going to – I plan on checking out some of these things you've got going on. And you want to know sure my husband? We'll, sure. Is the husband there? Let's, let's bring him on. Oh, uh, he just walked by. He's, he's, oh, he's like, forget that, he says. I think I saw – maybe I saw one of your kids walk by earlier too, but – Anyways, so, all right. Well, it's been great having you on. I want you to hang out. We're going to have a little private conversation after we go offline that nobody else gets to gets to be a part of, but it's just really about 
<laughs> talking about what we just talked about here for the last uh, hour and 10 minutes. So uh, thank you. And we will talk again very soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, everyone. Such a great honor and pleasure to be here. Yeah, make sure you go check out her website. She's got, or, or find her on Facebook. She's got a lot of great insights, and uh, uh, you'd be remiss not to not to check it out. So, and there you go, there you have it. My conversation with Sarah Weiss. Be sure you go and check out Sarah's links, which I've included in the description below. And you know what? If you want to reach out and engage with me, that's pretty simple to do. You can email me at brian at conqueringeverest.com or download the Podbean podcast app that'll allow you to leave any comments or leave comments on any of the episodes uh, I have available uh, or there's always social media which I will have linked in the description as well so until until next time you know what you got to do right aim high be courageous and go do amazing things <laughs>